Welcome back to the Enduring Churches podcast. I'm Alan and I'm here with Trent. and We are so glad to be here with you today. I know getting super close to Christmas. I hope you've got all your shopping done and I hope you're looking forward to a great year in 2022. Um, we keep saying it's got to be better than this year. Um, I don't know if it'll be better or not, but the, I know the opportunities for God to work are going to be there. So we're excited to be here with you to help you endure whatever next year brings. Yeah, we want you to be better. We want, I mean, gosh, we're just all thankful that 2020 and 2021 are past, and we're praying that 2022 is going to be amazing. And uh, if you listened last week, you know that we're in this like a TV mini series right now on uh, how to be better in 2022. Last week we talked about uh, how to preach better in 2022. And if you didn't listen to that, you should go back and listen to that. But at the end of, uh, of last week, we talked about that um, it's, it's rare to find somebody who is both a good preacher and a good pastor. And so we're, we talked about being a preacher. Now we're going to talk about being a pastor and, and, uh, and we want to be able to kind of combine those two together. So Alan, um, I know that you and I have, we're always doing things so that we can uh, understand who we are better. Um, there was, you've taken us through some, some different tests over the years. Um, what was the name of the one that we, we had a great interview um, back away yeah. a while ago. We, we did an interview with Andrea Lowe. If you want to go back and look at our former ones on the Enneagram and uh, it was a good conversation. I had learned about that um, from the book called The Road Back to You. And taking an inventory, found out I was an eight. And I want you to know, even though the diagram makes a star, some people have assumed that that makes it an evil tool. It's not some kind of evil tool. It's, it's just a tool that realizes that we all have different parts of our personality. We have all these traits in our personality. There's just some things that rise to the top, things that we do when we're healthy, things that we do when we're unhealthy. Um, but getting to know yourself is the best place to start um, if you want to become a better pastor to take the tools to get to know yourself. That was a game changer for me. I'd been through a lot of others. That was the one that had the most influence on me. Well, Trent, what, what had the most influence on you? Well, um, you know, I guess it's, Probably some of the ministers that I've known over the years, um, not just pastors, but um, Alan and I were involved in what was used to be known as the BSU. Um, and we had some great uh, ministers who kind of taught us in those circumstances and, and also our college minister, Dave Ratton and, and Nick Howard and David Kimmerling and all these guys, they, they pastored us um, they didn't always have opportunities to preach, but they did a great job of pastoring. And, and that those insights helped me to think about who I am. And uh, I think that's, those are some great insights for me. Yeah, that's a, that, I'm glad you said that, Trent. I was uh, at a meeting this week where we had a couple of retired ministers who were sharing some things that they wish they had done differently or had known better. And each of them shared a deficiency they felt they had. One of them thought they had to learn not to always be worried about being a people pleaser. 
and one of them recommended that they were so strong in administration that they weren't always a very good at taking care of the people mm -hmm. and they say that they got each got better once they recognized that about themselves and so that was like turning in my head um i felt like i got better the more i knew about myself and so i asked them you know at what points in time did you begin to see that and i think there's a eureka moment in in our, in our lives and in our ministries when we say ah that's why i'm wired the way i am that's that's mm -hmm. who i am and i do think that that's a big deal and very few young pastors very few young ministers um have gotten to that point yet yeah we we mentioned that um you know last week about getting to to know you know your your deficiencies and maybe coming to grips with what you see as a deficiency and realizing that that god has called you with your what you see as a weakness god turns into a strength and that allows you to become more sincere to some people that you're ministering to um, when they see that you're willing to open yourself up they feel more comfortable in opening themselves up as well and so um you know you just got to own it i i've become more comfortable in my own skin i think that comes with age <laughs> you know uh it, sometimes we're so insecure as we start out and we want so badly to please everyone and it's just not going to happen you're not going to please everyone so that you can be the best you you can and it will help other people feel secure as well yeah i think people kind of get to one to two places trent i think you either get comfortable in your own skin and recognize this is who you are and these are the things that can derail me and i don't want that to happen to me or we we always stay uncomfortable in our own skin and we're derailed by everything around us mm. and i think we're aware the more you know about yourself um, the less likely you are to implode um, in ministry. You know, I don't want to do anything that would embarrass my church. I don't want to do anything that would embarrass, in my case, my pastors, my family, um, any church. And, you know, the only way you really do that is to, to know kind of what triggers you um, to the good and to the bad. Right. Yeah, and, the, and so... Uh, one thing that just came to mind, Alan, is we're talking about this is um, one thing that makes you a better pastor. And I say this a lot in our podcast is the, is the skill of listening. Sometimes we think we have to have the right words, but I'm telling you now, and you can take this to the bank, that if you want to be a better pastor, you have to be a better listener than you are a better speaker. Um, and so this is, this is a big deal. Um, take time and make people feel comfortable. And so that means you can't be rushing them. Um, you've got to give them time to speak and to share. Uh, pastoring happens a lot at a hospital um, and in times of crisis. And those are the times when you just sit and you don't do a whole lot, but you let people scream out their, their struggles, you know. And uh, so listening is a big part of that. Yeah, that is, that is a good word of advice and something that, that we struggle with because some, there are times where the answer, you know, you're already thinking, well, just trust God and, and you're already moved on in the conversation. 
Um, people just need to know you listen to what they had to say. And that that's mm-hmm. important with your people. It's important in your evangelistic presence. It's important in every part of who you are. That's a good word. I appreciate that one. You know, if we're going to listen more, I think also we ought to take those things to God more, right? I think praying um, for and with our people more often will always make us a better pastor. Yeah. I mean, because that that comes from your heart. And when you listen, you find out the burdens that are on, then you can sincerely take that to God. And, and what you said, Alan, I think is really true. It's not just the praying for, but praying with. Um, that is huge um, because I think that our people get a glimpse of our heart when we pray with them. What do you think, Alan? Yeah, I love that. I, one of the things I, I always, you know, we have a meeting, I'm going to pray, altar calls, I'm going to pray. Mm-hmm. Um, but more people would come up to me and just say, hey, pastor, um, I, I liked what you had to say today. I'm thinking about my neighbor down the street. Well, let's stop and pray for that person right now. And mm-hmm. I start more often, and and I'm grateful for that. And I think if if I were pastoring um, right now, that's what I want to do. And that's what certainly what I want to do with the pastors and churches leaders that I work with right now is, is really make prayer a bigger emphasis. But we know that that prayer prayer is a game changer, and we want to be god and have his heart and we won't have that if we're not communicating with him and so um yeah prayer prayer is essential yeah well and i want to i'm sorry i want to throw something in here about this um i think that it encourages people when we pray with them alan uh, because i believe in the power of prayer just like you said uh and it's it's because i believe in the god who who we're praying to and you know when we're praying with our folks they they get also a glimpse of our trust in god and and that we believe that prayer is important and and also that i believe that that you as a person are important enough for me to take time to pray about i think that that really touches people's lives yeah that is a great great word um, so prayer, you know, we, we've said get to know yourself better, listen more, pray for and with your people more often. Um, this one is one that I, I've probably always been a little bit this way, maybe too much so, but I do think it helped me become a pastor more quickly in my church. That's to be vulnerable. Um, be fallible. You don't have to have everything together all the time. Right. I think you're right. Um, and, and being honest about our, our foibles, <laughs> that's another big word, man. I'm using, I'm like $5 word, ching. <laughs> uh, anyway, to be honest about our, you know, the things that we struggle with, because I think sometimes that people in the pew, uh, they think, okay, this, this is too unattainable. I, I'm not perfect. And this guy standing in front of me, he's comes across as perfect and I can't get there. So I'm not even going to try. Um, but when we are vulnerable and we share the things we're struggling with, uh, I think that uh, gives hope to other people. And it doesn't mean you share everything from the pulpit, but some of that too is just about 
letting people know that you do struggle, you know, and that you have real struggles and, you know, you don't, you're not, it's not that you want the whole church to hold you as an accountability partner. So you share every bad thought or every, you know, um, word. you don't want to look out there and say, well, De Deacon Jones out there, uh, you know, this week, I was just thinking about how mad I was at him when he said something and the deacon, yeah, you, you want to be careful, right? But, right. but being vulnerable to say, you know what, guys, here we are talking about what the Bible says about anger. I want you to know, I struggle with anger too. Mm -hmm. um, it's important. It's important to to just have that level of, of vulnerability. Rochelle would always say, you, well, you'll always know when Alan gets a speeding ticket because he's going to confess it from the pulpit. <laughs> and, and so uh, anytime I drive through New Mexico, I was would always hold my breath because I always seem to get pulled over um, there. But but be vulnerable. I think it's important to do that. Yeah. And so um, the, the next thing we have on our list, I think, is important, too, is is to invest in some key individuals in your church. And and they get to that investment means that you spend time. Um, just as Jesus, you know, he he couldn't, while he was on this earth, he couldn't spend time with everybody in long periods of time. So he chose those 12 guys to, to be his, his, his close confidants, and he poured everything he had into those guys. And, you know, we're limited. We can't spend time with everybody in our church typically, but we can pick out some key individuals that we are um, discipling, leading. Um, I love to look back and say, okay, these are the people that I really spent time with, and now they're ministering and doing amazing things. And it's like, wow, that's so cool. You know, and I hope that I was able to help them to grow some in that. Yeah, we, we want to invest in people, and, and it's exciting to invest in people who can can uh, take the the stuff that they've gotten from you and the things they get from other people and they can go off and be successful and, and do great things. You know, I love, I've got a lot of forward thinking retired pastors um, here in our association and I'm so grateful for their heart um, to, to invest in the next generation and encourage them to come along. Um, that has probably been one of the most exciting things that I've seen um, since moving here. It's just the desire to see that next generation of leader. And we recognize there's a sh leadership shortage um, that is taking place in our churches. And if we don't, if as pastors, if we're not investing in people, um, we are just adding to the problem and the shortage of people who are there to serve and lead. And so invest in people. That's a, and especially those key people you see with leadership and ministry abilities, invest in them. And yeah. then the, Next thing, Trent, share the burden. Mm. Yeah, I, I think this really goes together with the last point um, because we can't do it all. Um, we would like to think that we can. Uh, my mom always would get on to me. It's like, you can't do everything. It's like, well, just hide and watch. I'll show you. And it was not a good, you know, a good thing for me. Uh, and she knew ahead of time that I was going to burn myself out, you know. Uh, but in this, we get to give other people the opportunity to grow. Um, if we're investing in some people, maybe we also, that investment means taking them with us. Um, 
That's what Jesus did. He took those guys with him um, and, you know, doing hospital visits. Um, it's a great place to take somebody with you and, and share the burden a little bit. Let somebody else um, be there. Maybe you can't be at the hospital visit. And so you, you send one of those guys and, um, you know, there are other times where you just like, okay, I need to be on vacation. And by golly, we would, Alan and I would encourage you to take a vacation once in a while. And you need to have some guys that you've grown that can cover the bases while you're on vacation so you can de-stress. Yeah, no, we uh, still, one of my favorite podcasts we did this year, Trent, was The Danger of the Lone Ranger Ministry. And I just love that because I think many of us pastors, especially pastors in small churches, get the idea that we can do everything or that we have to be good at everything. And sharing the burden sometimes is the willingness to acknowledge this may or may not get done to the level of my satisfaction, but it is right and it is good to equip the body to serve and to share and every now and then you're going to be surprised and you're going to find out that there's some things that people do better than you. And those, those are the real blessings. And you may, you may never know if you, if you don't do that. So anyway, yeah. that, that is, that is important, but share, share your burden. You can't carry the full load. It is too much. Look at what we've gone through. I can see the difference. The pastors who share their loads with, with, the load of burden that they have with other people. Um, they're happy and healthy in ministry right now. Those who are, are holding the burden of ministry are, are not. Yeah, that's a good word, Alan. That, uh, and so we've got this um, Petri dish example right in front of us of people who have gone through this last couple of years and, and that's so good, you know, and we need to be willing to let other folks do that. And, you know, as, as we're talking through this, uh, Alan and I like to listen to John Maxwell stuff and we've been listening to his stuff for a long time. Um, but he always would say, you know, as you delegate things that expect that the other person's only going to do it 70% as well as you would. Um, and the thing is that, if they, if we never give them the opportunity, they're always going to stay at 70%. But the more we give them the opportunities, then they grow and they get better and they get better. And so we got to share the burden by continually, not just one time, but continually, even if they mess it up, it's a teachable moment and you get to, um, you know, share with them, teach them afterwards. Uh, and so that I think sharing the burden is a is a really important thing, Alan. Yeah. So yes, share those burdens. So we talked about six things today, and I bet there's probably some other things that we've missed, Trent. How would guys let us know how far off track we were so they could correct us? <laughs> well, <laughs> first of all, we you should you can tell us that we're often off track, <laughs> but um, we'd love for you to get in contact with us. Uh, you can connect with us by emailing us, um, alan at enduringchurches.consulting or trent at enduringchurches.consulting. You can go to our, our website at enduringchurches.com. You can find us on Facebook um, and uh, 
we would just ask that you would uh, let us know, you know suggestions that you have. We're always looking for new topics that we can help and because we want to help our uh, fellow ministers and leaders and churches to endure. And so be in contact with us. Let us know those ideas. And, and uh, so, so we'd love to hear from you. And also just let other people know, share with others about this podcast. That would be a blessing to us big time. So anything else, Alan, before we close up for the day? Oh, again, we just want to tell everyone how grateful we are for you. We know that there are a lot of podcasts you could listen to. So thank you for taking time um, to, to listen to ours and be a part of this journey with us. Because we are here uh, for one reason. We want to see you and your church endure. So can't wait to get back and, and talk to you again next week. Hope you have a great week. And thanks. And we'll catch you soon.